Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Unwell with Erica. It is currently pouring so hard in Portland that I'm actually wondering if you'll be able to hear little rain noises in the background of this recording. And if you can, then hopefully it's soothing. But I found it fitting that the rain was coming down so hard right now because it's quite symbolic of how I am feeling this week as we sort of ease into winter. And I say ease, and I mean get thrown into winter here. And I've heard, you know, through various conversations with my friends and other people I've talked to, that a lot of people are worried about how bleak, I feel like the words I've heard are bleak and grim. People are worried about how bleak and how grim these upcoming couple of months are going to be. And like I've mentioned before, it's just the, you know, the rolling total of everything going on this year is sort of compiling up at the end of the year. And now on top of everything else, the weather's shitty. I guess unless you're listening to this from like California or Flagstaff, Arizona or something, (laughs) the weather's shitty and there's less activities to do outside. I know this is definitely the case here in Portland where the rain has started and it basically won't stop until like May or June. (laughs) And people think that is an exaggeration of how it is in Portland, but that's absolutely how it works. And so I am trying to find some things to lean into to make these months a little less bleak. So one thing my partner and I very rarely do is really get Christmas gifts for each other. Um, we usually opt for doing some sort of small trip or we'll get each other like one specific thing. But this year I was like, I want presents under the tree. I want stockings full of tiny gifts. I want lots of things. And, you know, not that things will bring you joy. I want to like quote Tom Haverford here. Things are forever, you know, but they don't bring you joy unless you're Tom Haverford. But... It might, it might spark a little happiness, a little joy, a little Christmas joy is kind of something I think we'll need in this household uh, coming up into December as things are getting a little grim around here. So that's one thing I'm going to plan on doing. I hope you find some sort of new tradition or something fun to do at home to make yourself a little happier as well, because honestly, we could all use it. So getting into this week's episode, I am chatting with a friend of mine, actually, that I went to high school with. We were high school classmates a decade ago, which sounds insane that we graduated high school a decade ago. We talk a little bit about getting old (laughs) in this episode. I connected with Jason. Obviously, we're friends on Facebook uh, because he shared some things a few months ago about online therapy. I think he shared some posts uh, basically asking if anyone had experience with online therapy And I thought it was pretty cool that he was talking about it on Facebook, which means, you know, being published to, you know, parents, friends of parents, friends from high school, you know, the usual Facebook audience. And, uh, you know, we we keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook, but, you know, haven't extensively talked in a decade. And I reached out to him about being on this week's episode because I wanted to talk about his experience with online therapy. And then also we've had a lot of conversations about Um, some socio-political things going on this year, obviously with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything else going on. I'm just using it as a blanket term. There's a lot going on. Um, But we had had a lot of conversations about that as well. So I knew he had some great things to say there. 
But honestly, one of my favorite things we cover comes right at the very end of the episode. And I'm not just saying that to lure you into listening to the whole thing. But if you tune in toward the end, we talk about his venture into trying to become an actor, which I think is really cool because I'm also out here trying this thing. And we kind of talk about being kind of, we were both sort of classic overachievers in high school, you know, valedictorians and in all the clubs and things like that. You know, we were very much in that same realm in high school. And we talk about the very humbling feeling that you get when you try something new as an adult. And for me, it's been this podcast. For him, it's been acting. Also for me, going back to last year and the last couple of years, I've been learning how to ski and snowboard. And that's a whole nother thing. Uh, Very, very humbling to do a physical activity as an adult. But when it comes to sort of stretching your skills, uh, we had a lot to talk about there as well. So maybe if you have tried something new as an adult or you want to try something new or you've been discouraged by attempting to try something new and not immediately being good at it, I think you'll appreciate that conversation that we have toward the end of the episode. So thanks so much again for listening to Unwell with Erica. I really hope you enjoy this interview with Jason Thompson. So welcome to Unwell with Erica, a friend of mine that I grew up with. Well, we were talking just before this, if we actually consider ourselves friends, since we haven't really (laughs) talked in about 10 years, but um, he's an East Coast grad living in San Francisco. He works in corporate retail. And a really fun fact about him is that he's also an aspiring actor. So welcome to the show, Jason Thompson. Hey, excited to be here. It's okay if you're not excited to be here. No, I am. I am. I'm a little nervous, but. Have you ever done a podcast interview before? I have not. Okay. First time for everything. Yeah, me either. No, I've done exactly fine. So so I'm a veteran. You're in good hands. All right. So I don't keep in touch with a ton of people from where I grew up. Uh, You are one of the few people that I've had at least an interest in keeping a light over the years (laughs) conversation with, because I think you've lived a pretty interesting life. Uh, Not everyone that we grew up with ever leaves our hometown, which is not (laughs) inherently a bad thing, but I do... (laughs) (laughs) it's not a good thing Um, but you know it's been it's been cool to follow you um as you've you know you went to Georgetown you went to a school that I like kick myself every day for not going to school there (laughs) like I'm glad I don't have the debt but I say I kick myself every month when I write them a check and then they ask for more money (laughs) yeah yeah um I yeah I, I will never forget like getting the letter like the advertisement for the school in the mail that their library looked like Harry Potter and so I was yeah. like I really want to go to school there and then yeah. I went to a state school and it was paid for so like that was, a good, debt, so. that was a good yeah. choice yeah it worked out but we both ended up on the west coast now um you're living in San Francisco which I'm assuming you love love San Francisco yeah love um, it can you imagine your like how long do you think you'll stay there is this like something for your 20s and 30s or I think when I first moved here, I thought that it was just a stepping stone to LA just because um, corporate retail is not a thing in SoCal and it is in San Francisco. So it was a pit stop, Um, Mm -hmm. but now it kind of feels like home. I feel like when I'm in Oklahoma, I'm at like a second home and this is my first home with like my roommates. I have five roommates who live in a pretty big house, Mm -hmm. um, right? Really close to the full house houses at Alamo Square. Okay, I think I, I don't know like anything about San Francisco, which is dumb that I live in Portland. San Francisco is <laughs> so close. I've never been to San Francisco. Wow. And like so oh, many. I actually, I've never been to Portland. So okay, well, we can swap sometime. We can house swap sometimes. <laughs> um, but I have tons of my friends from Portland 
are from the Bay Area and have ended up in Portland because it's so much cheaper. Yep. <laughs> Makes sense. And then I moved to Portland from Oklahoma and I'm like, it's so expensive here. And they're like, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just a different world. But yeah, no, I totally feel you on that. Like whenever I visit home, well, home weren't being Oklahoma where I'm from, yep. it just feels like whenever I come back to Portland, I get that like sigh of relief. Like when I'm on the airplane, yep. it's landing. I'm like, ah, okay, I can like exhale. You can like breathe. Yeah. I mean, the, mm. the plane ride to Oklahoma is so different than the plane ride coming back right. to San Francisco. <laughs> right. It's such a different vibe. Like I drove home last time and left my car there and then flew back. Um, oh, wow. I don't need a car in lockdown. Yeah. Um, and we take it serious. So we actually are locked down. Like I leave the house very minimally. Yep. And the same. Um, but like flying back to San Francisco, everyone's wearing a mask. Um, but my last time I came home, no one was wearing a mask. It was just like, I put it on and people were like, why are you wearing a mask? Oh, and then no. I was at the airport flying back to San Francisco. People were probably assumed flying to Dallas or somewhere. Right. And they yep. weren't wearing masks. It was like, why do I feel like the weird one? Like, I'm from California. I'm protecting you. Like, right. I'm not from here. It's definitely like a, an XL coming back to the West Coast. Yeah. It was funny. I actually had like a little Facebook tiff with uh, somebody from Oklahoma city recently, which also <laughs> I thought was funny that I've like cold my Facebook feed enough that the only argument I got in, like on the day that Joe Biden won was like with another Democrat. And I was like, okay, good yeah. job, Erica. Like you've deleted all. <laughs> yeah. Have you watched the social dilemma on Netflix? No, I haven't. Yeah. I, I would recommend it. Cause then like, obviously, you know, like you don't get to see all this shit that you want to argue with. Um, <laughs> Except I find it out because friends of mine who you also know who are like less, they're more soft-spoken will like mm -hmm. send me screenshots of Facebook posts. Mm -hmm. Like, can you please go comment on this? <laughs> I'm like, yep, <laughs> got it. How does that feel to be like the spokesperson for? <laughs> I like it because when I do get into arguments on Facebook, I mean, I go to Facebook. I have Facebook friends and Instagram friends. Facebook right, is like keeping audience. in touch with growing up and like teachers um, and Instagram, I feel like, are my current friends. Well, it's people um, that you choose to be friends with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't follow, like, well, I'm not going to name them, but <laughs> some <laughs> specific people on Instagram. Yeah. But um, I, it feels good because sometimes when I get into arguments, I'm like, oh, crap, I, like, look stupid or I'm being too loud. But I'm like, well, someone's got to tell some mm -hmm. of these people. Like, they're li living in this microcosm of a world where they refuse to educate themselves. So... As long as if they hate me, that's fine. Like I won't lose sleep over it. So it feels right. good. And it also feels good that people will show me like, oh, I actually agree with you, but I'm too afraid or like, I can't do that on social media. I'm like, I'm very fine with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, what I was saying earlier about the, the, the one argument I got into on Facebook uh, the day Biden won was someone insinuated that I was like shitting on all people from Oklahoma. She was like, I just really love how you're always talking about people from Oklahoma. Don't forget you're one of us. And I was like, am I like, I guess, I guess. But like when I yeah. travel, I'm not like I'm from Oklahoma. I say I'm from Portland. Yeah. yeah. I feel like when I tell people I'm from Oklahoma, they're like, Oh, I thought you were from SoCal or I thought you were from like wherever. Yeah. I'm like, Nope. Yeah. I get that all the time. It's also like, we we're both pretty accentless. Like we don't have, yeah. Not that everyone from Oklahoma, I feel like it's more if you're from a small town in Oklahoma, yep. you have an accent. And like, if you're from Oklahoma City, you're pretty accentless. Yeah. But I, I'm happy I don't have like a drawl oh, at yeah. all. And neither of my I parents mean, I went, are from Oklahoma, so. Yeah, yeah, that helps. I went back and checked some old videos on Facebook because one of my roommates is actually from Minnesota and he still hasn't lost his accent, which I would <gasps> say is probably 
10 times worse than a southern <laughs> accent. I like a northern I mean, accent. I like a Minnesota accent. <laughs> I think it's, it's cute. Yeah, it's like endearing, but after mm-hmm. a while, you're like, hey, get on with what you got to say. Like, <laughs> and that's not how you pronounce an A. Like, that's not how you pronounce it. Like, so. Yeah. My, um, uh, my, my whole mom's side of my family's from Michigan. So I'm used to that, yeah. like, like Minnesota, that like, Minnesota. I think it's cute. Like, oh, like we watch sports oh. and it's like, go, no. I'm like, is there an L in there somewhere? Yep. Like, why is this happening? Yep. I know that well. So, you know, the reason I want to connect with you uh, is that I think we've, I've seen you share some things in the recent years, recent year, probably um, about some like mental health topics, which is not something that I'm sure either of us grew up discussing. And it's not, it wasn't normal 10 years ago to talk about feeling depressed, feeling sad, feeling anxious. (laughs) Um, I assume that's even more so being a man. I assume you're probably even less comfortable talking about your feelings growing up. Um, But yeah, was was mental health something that was like on your radar at all growing up? And do you remember kind of the first time you were able to have a discussion about mental health? So kind of a two-part question. Yeah. I think I didn't really notice anything until my freshman year when I switched schools. So I left um, the school I was supposed to be at and then went to a different school um, to take like an extra math class or something. And something happened that year. And I don't know exactly what it was, but it had to do with church and Mm -hmm. going to church and realizing like, wait, these people are blindly believing something. And I don't understand it completely. Like I still, I feel like I'm a little religious, but in a way that I'm trying to figure stuff out. So maybe I'm not like, I don't know yet. Right. I am the exact um, same way. Yeah. And it, like, it scares me. So like, I think I was very scared in ninth grade. Cause it was like, well, they believe this and there's no facts behind it. So mm-hmm. why do I believe this? And then I'm thinking like, if that's not real, then like what happens when we die and that whole like existential crisis. Oh yeah. That's I feel like it happened. Yeah. It happened too early. Like it was in ninth grade. <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> like, be worried about this yet. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, I should just go to church and like hang out yep. with the church. Live my life. Yeah. Go to church camp. <laughs> but um, I was like, wait. So I started Googling everything, um, confirmation bias to help me sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Say like, oh, actually it is true because of this. I'm like, okay, good. Um, But then ever since then, I've been hyper aware of my mental state. I remember saying one time, like jokingly, like I don't, I didn't mean it, but I did mean I was, I think it was a way for me to tell my mom that I was depressed or like in a depressive episode. Mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, oh, I want to kill myself one morning. And then she like, a response was like, she got mad. And of course, looking back, it's like, it makes sense 10 years ago, like all of our parents would be mad. Like that's right. the response that you would have gotten. And it didn't mean that they didn't love you or it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the right response, but like no one knew mm-hmm. the right response because um, people were afraid to talk about it. But then she got really mad. And then when she got mad, I was like, wait, do I actually want to kill myself? No, I don't. But like, what if I did? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I would probably do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it, It's like funny. I don't know if you've had conversations now that you're an adult, like with your, like, do you talk to your parents about these topics openly now that, now that you're yeah, a grown up? <laughs> I had to, in the past, like three years, just cause like some, it got like a little worse. It got better. It got worse. Mm-hmm. And I figured I was like, well, I should probably clue my mom in. Cause like, it's a chore talking to her because I do it every once in a while and there's so much to discuss and yeah. there's a lot to talk about. So I just cued her in. Um, and surprisingly, one of my ex-girlfriends actually is close with her, which is, <laughs> blows my mind, but I was talking to her about it too. And she was talking to my mom. So it turned into a thing. Um, mm-hmm. and then my mom started doing like a bunch of research and I was like, Oh, and she was like, Oh, I think I might have OCD because of this. And then she started mm-hmm. looking into it. I was like, Oh, well, good for you because your generation is 
I don't know, emotionally stunted. Like you can't yeah. talk about that. Yeah. And that's how we grew up. So we see like both sides of it. Like we were stunted, but then we see being like a younger millennial. I say younger millennial because like I don't want to be like right. 30 I think plus. we're yeah, I think yeah, we're like yeah. in the younger. Yeah, you're like, I'm not 30 yet. I'm a younger I'm millennial. Not, yeah, I'm 29. Yeah. <laughs> I still have a little bit of time. Um actually I also side note, I don't think that I'm San Francisco 40 is the new 21. Oh, so like, absolutely. it's Neverland here. So that's not a thing. Like I'm not really too afraid about yep. aging. Um but I'm only I'm only worried because like I don't want wrinkles. I'm not actually worried. <laughs> I'm not actually worried about like, yeah. <laughs> I like I have a gray hair coming in right towards the front <laughs> of my head and I'm I'm letting it grow out. I haven't pulled it out yet because it's just a reminder of my they just like come out like more like grow from that's what I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't I don't want to find out. So I'm I leave it there as a reminder of my impending doom. So yeah. Yeah. Before after us, these kids are like openly talking about it. Even if their parents are still against it, like they'll fight with their parents. It's the same thing with politics. Like they're hauling Mm -hmm. their parents out and putting it on TikTok. And (laughs) I get really mad when like some of my roommates aren't on TikTok. They're a little older. Like these kids are so stupid. I'm like maybe the ones you interact with i don't know like mm-hmm. i'm on tiktok probably not the target audience but i feel like these kids are pretty intelligent emotionally anyways yeah. like maybe they're just like super depressed and i can relate to them but <laughs> they seem to know what they're talking about and they yeah. are calling their parents out at very young ages um mm-hmm. so yeah i wouldn't say that it was a major talking point in my house or any of my friends houses growing up right yeah i had kind of a a slightly different experience. So I found out when I was an adult that my dad had been depressed when I was younger. And the only reason it came up was when Anthony Bourdain committed suicide. Mm. And yep. my that was like one thing my dad and I always did together was we always watched No Reservations, like pretty yep. regular, like almost once a week, we would sit down and like watch it at night together. It was like the only show we both liked really, you know, like yeah. didn't have anything in common, but like we both, liked, we both liked yeah. Anthony Bourdain. So yeah. we would watch it. And then whenever he committed suicide, I got this like casual text from my dad that was like, did you know I used to be depressed? And I was just like, uh, no, I, I no, I didn't know this. And yeah. in retrospect, I like put all these pieces together where this is, <laughs> this is the first time I think I've told the story out loud, but whenever I was a kid um, and my dad was depressed, it was like something work related for him. He had like a really horrible boss at work and mm-hmm. went to this depression funk and he was on Paxil, which is an antidepressant. And, uh, <laughs> we watched this show when I was a kid that like was about this really fat cat. It was like a doc, like a 60 minutes type thing. And it was about giving Paxil <laughs> to fat cats. And I remember this conversation happening with my parents where they were like, ha you take a pill that cats take like my mom making fun of my dad. And then they always called it like his cat pill when he would take it. Uh, and so like me, I was like, I don't know how old I was. I was probably like seven or eight. I don't know. Yeah. I just remember being like, why is my dad taking like pills for cats? Yeah. And then I was an adult and I was like, holy shit, that was because he was depressed. And like, yeah. obviously, you know, you don't need to tell your seven year old, like, Hey, I'm depressed, yeah. you know, but we never had a diet. Like it literally went from then until, I don't know when Anthony Bourdain passed away a couple of years ago now of just never talking about it. And then yeah. I was just like, oh shit. Okay. And also yeah. I'm like, does this run in the family? Is this why I am the way I am? Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of a weird, it's a weird thing to grow up. And I agree with you that we're in this kind of middle generation where our parents didn't talk about it at all. And then like, yeah. like you were saying, kids younger than us, I, you know, TikTok generation is just yeah. so open about it. And yeah. They also talk about their depression in like a really funny way that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why. Watch. 
yeah it is that's why like tiktok is so popular because like you're not i mean i'm sure there's some people out there putting on a facade but the way the algorithm works like i don't see that shit right um they're just the being, like, tiktok very... has the best algorithm by the way oh yeah and i'm just like, like i can I'm scroll for hours <laughs> yeah there's like some like i was on accountant tiktok and it's just like a <laughs> bunch of accountants like it got, got weird but like they are showing like who they are it's not mm-hmm. like a facade it's not like a instagram i mean i love instagram but it's not like a manicured picture it's just talking about something that's hilarious and it's i think it's a coping mechanism but it also is just like you're not in this alone kind of mm-hmm. so. so when did you i mean you talked a little bit about back in high school where you became like really aware of your mental state do you can you think of a time when you could first identify like depression and or anxiety whichever you know you experience whenever you could first identify those symptoms in your life and uh what does that look like for you like how does it show up in your life yeah i think the first time where it was like major was um one of our teachers was the head of a church <laughs> um and we went to a pseudo church camp um this was after we graduated the summer before leaving for college okay um and it was when i was still like questioning stuff about religion and like the blind following of this specific group of people um who not really in contact with anymore just because uh, different reasons um but then like with my girlfriend at the time not wanting me to leave to go to georgetown was also like just a huge strain i feel like that was so selfish of her to like put a burden on me like you shouldn't go to this school because we're gonna break up like this is the time to be selfish i should okay i was just i'm just re-watching boy meets world right now and watching it from the perspective as an adult because like Topanga gets accepted to this really great Yale. school, and then she, <laughs> like, yeah, and then she just stays with Corey, and I'm like, oh, you're such a loser. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm I was, so we mad rewatching it. This. Yeah, because oh, we God. were talking about like childhood shows, and we're talking about that how real it was, like mm-hmm. every situation they were in, and kids don't get that anymore. But it makes me so mad that she didn't go to Yale. <laughs> like, yeah. if you don't do that, like, don't follow someone you're 18. Yeah, um, I guess yeah, that it worked out for reason. them. Whatever, but yeah. Maybe. I mean, like, we don't know. Kids, like, characters, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like no, Anyways. kids and then that's good right. success. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. I'll, uh, not to interrupt your, your, your tale. Sorry with my, but no, <laughs> very relatable, you know, Corey and Topanga. Yeah. Um, but then I just started getting super depressed about that. Like, and this, I think this one was a little easier because I could place it. And, mm-hmm. but the part of it that was not easy was even when I came to terms with it, like I talked to her and she was like, we can make this work, even though I knew like she didn't believe that. Um, I still have this like looming thought of like just existential, like what's going on? Like what I'm about to move across the country to a school I visited for the first time, but I'm also like not in a headspace to like be excited. And I don't think the people around me were super excited about it. Like mm-hmm. I think they were trying to be good friends, but it just turned into a, oh, you're leaving, not you're going. And that made right. me like very, very upset. And I went into college on a bad note. Like I was looking at transferring back home somewhere um, to like TCU (laughs) of all places. (laughs) I was like, oh, I I might go to TCU. It's far enough away. Right. But close enough. That's in Um, Dallas. It feels like a different place, but it's still. (laughs) (laughs) That is so strange to think about when I, when I think about the, the people I know that moved to a big city like most of them ended up in dallas especially true because yeah. i went to oklahoma state right that oh, yeah that's where that's where people moved to the big city and like it's so weird thinking about i i interviewed for jobs 
down in Dallas after yeah. like after college and I thought I was going to move there and then now that I live in Portland I'm just like oh <laughs> I wouldn't I would not be happy there no no I'm so I, I'm so glad my life ended up the way it did <laughs> yeah. and I and aren't most people like a ton of kids from Texas go to Oklahoma State like right because it's yeah. it's all the kids that can't get into the University of Texas <laughs> that's what it is yeah because cool. yeah I mean Oklahoma State is like well, they're marketed as the best value in the Big 12. That's our pitch, right? It's not a great school. It's a good value. So it's if you, value. yeah, if you, if you can't get into UT, because UT is a good school, right? And, and then, school, yeah. then you come up, to, you come up to Oklahoma State. So yes, a lot of people, a lot of people are from Dallas and just move, go to Oklahoma State, move back to Dallas or, yeah. you know, end up in the big city down there. And I'm very happy that I didn't do that. Like that I mm-hmm. weathered the storm, but I definitely noticed like then that it was, there's going to be times in my life that we're going to be super dark and mm-hmm. they won't be attributed to something. And I think that's the part, like the whole existential, why do I feel like this? And then like, what's to come, mm-hmm. like trying to figure out, um, I don't just trying to figure it out also just cause a lot of problems. Cause I think that there's some stuff that you just shouldn't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, like all of religion <laughs> to me, like, I think morality is way more important. And if that doesn't line up with religion, then like, what is religion? Mm-hmm. Um, which is especially everything going on right now with yeah. the religious right. But yeah, I think I noticed it and it was more just being very like Google crazy, like Googling every single thing. Like some of my Google searches were insane. Like if this happens, like why do people die like this and all this stuff? Um, yeah. I think it was mostly just that like what happens when we die was a big part of shaking me into other thoughts that I probably always had subconsciously. But yeah, I think the summer before college was when it got pretty bad and then ebbed and flowed since then. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like now that you're an adult, if you're in like a depression, I don't want to call it a funk, but you know, you're feeling depressed is it more often not able to be tied to like an event? Like, I feel like at that point in your life, you're able to say like, here's this big event that's making me feel this way. And I know for me, now that I'm an adult, sometimes when I'm in like a really deep, sad state and that could last Mm -hmm. a day, it could last several days. I'm always like, what is causing this? Like nothing has happened to me. I just feel bad. I feel unmotivated. I'll just lay on the couch for just hours and hours and hours. And there's not... I feel like I still haven't been able to identify a trigger. Yeah. I think that's the thing too, because, well, I started mm-hmm. therapy a month ago and mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what trigger the triggers are because yeah, I hate it when I'm feeling like that and there's no reason to be feeling like that. And it mm-hmm. could happen instantly and it could be shaken instantly or it could last a few days. And I mean, this is going to sound like really bad, but when there are bad things that happen and I get like depressed, I feel like that's a normal reaction. So I actually get a little bit of, not excitement, but like, oh, yeah. thank God that like I can attribute like a I have a reason to be feeling like this. And yeah. it's like so shitty, like one of the worst things that happened. And I was like, well, that's why I feel like this. Mm-hmm. And this depression feels better than unattributed depression. Right. Um, and that I mean that sounds horrible, but no, I I think that's I think it's a totally fair way to think. Um, because I mean I'm the same way when there's when something bad happens. Um, like I've been blaming a lot of my like sadness recently on like, I I'm probably gonna have to put my dog down soon. Mm-hmm. And, but also part of me is like, well, I have this one thing and it's, I can like compile a lot of my stress into mm-hmm. like taking care of her as she's getting really old. And I'm like, yeah. how am I going to feel when she's like, I don't have to worry about her all the time. 
and I'm not sad about her all the time. I mean, I'll be sad obviously when she passes yeah. away, like I'll be sad for a little bit. And then once that's gone and like, I don't know what's going to cause it. And there always yeah, be something, you might, right? You might have like a lot of, oh shit, it wasn't just her or something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'll probably yeah. uncover some other thing that is causing yeah. it. But <laughs> I'm not ready for that just yet. So you said you just started yeah. therapy about a month ago. What yeah. was the process of like finding a therapist like for you? Did it go well? Did it take a couple tries to find someone that clicked with um, you? I knew I wouldn't want to go in, even if it wasn't COVID. I, the fact like commuting in San Francisco is not mm-hmm. something that like going to the doctor is miserable. Trying to figure out how to get there. Yeah. At the time, I had a car, so like where where would I park, and stuff like that. And I knew I didn't want to go in because if I didn't like the first one, I'd have to go somewhere else, and it would just be so much traveling and too much of a headache. So then like all of those Michael Phelps commercials came on about talk space. And I was like, well, I yeah. might as well try this. And then <clears throat> I was under the impression that it was free. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, oh, well, maybe the first month's free. And then right. there's I no free to trial. I look yeah, into no it too. Free no free trial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nope. And it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to do that before COVID actually. Um, but then I was like, I'm not going to pay for this. I don't believe in this like someone who I don't know isn't gonna be able to help me mm-hmm. I also I mean selfishly would have been like oh I wish my mom could do this for me or my dad could do this for me and that's super selfish now that I know like that's not okay um and then I was like hey during COVID I was like I am getting worse and I'm actually lashing out on my roommates sometimes mm-hmm. they deserve it and sometimes they don't but like it's getting bad where instead of like conversations and arguments, it's turning into like, I'm using them to like get out all my bad and then I'll Mm -hmm. feel good. But then now there's so much animosity in the house. So then I was like, I gotta, I gotta try this. Um, So I signed up They give you like $60 off your first month, which shows how expensive it is. Cause like if they're giving you $60 off, it's like 200 plus. And the first guy I got was horrible. Um, He wouldn't respond. And then I would have to like tweet at Talkspace, like, hey, oh this is a waste of money. Because, you know, if you tweet at a company, like an airline, they reply. Off your bag. Yeah. <laughs> they I was reply. like, this is miserable. They're like, oh, we'll give you a free session. Because you also have to pay for the video sessions. Mm-hmm. So you pay like 200 plus a month, and then you have to pay $60 to actually get oh, someone live. Okay. I didn't realize you get was... text. Okay. Yeah. You text all day, if, and they can respond whenever. They guarantee a one day or once a day response, um, which okay. wasn't happening. Uh, but then you have to pay like 60 65 dollars per video mm-hmm. session and they recommend oh, that's interesting. Doing it every I, didn't, week. I don't think i realized that it was like an unlimited like that you could text i don't think i realized that it was text-based and i also feel like that that definitely wouldn't work for me because that would make me feel like really needy if i was like texting someone all the time that would make me yeah, feel like yeah. it's like a bad relationship yeah. where i'm like why aren't you replying <laughs> yeah i definitely feel like that too because but the thing is the guy i'm with now he says like oh just your stream of consciousness put it all there i'll take it okay. back i'll let you know that i'm going to respond but i'm going to say like i'm looking over everything i'm mm-hmm. like that is all i need because wow. i felt crazy before that like okay i want to talk about this but i already said that so i can't um the first guy I got was horrible he wouldn't respond and he gave me very like like not good coping mechanisms he didn't inquire further when i would say something and that was a what big, what big are like flag. one of the like not not good coping mechanisms if you don't mind me asking um he was just like oh when you think about that why do you think that happens i was like bro i I, <laughs> I try to figure that out like i'm asking yeah. you <laughs> like <laughs> look you're my last resort okay i've already tried <laughs> like, to figure this out like bro <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm asking for help 
was like, I don't know. It's unattributed. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he, it was just very dismissive and just very like one line. I would write a whole paragraph and it'd be one line. It's like a abusive relationship, <laughs> like emotionally right. abusive relationship. <laughs> like I'm getting worse because now I'm paying for this. I've already told this guy so much about me. Now I have to start over again mm-hmm. and like tell another therapist. And finally, I mean, the second guy was, he's so much better. Um, and he's like pretty goofy and it works. Like I now feel like it's at its worst. It's like a shit talking text group. Right. And now I don't have to like <laughs> put that, that somewhere else. No, you don't, don't want to pay it. for it, but at least. Yeah. You- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like I don't have to go up to, I can talk all the shit I want to my therapist and then figure out if there's something I actually need to bring up to someone else. Like, Oh, actually you did something wrong and we need to talk about it versus yeah. just unleashing everything and thinking like, Oh shit, maybe, maybe that was me. Or maybe it was just like something they didn't understand or I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like at its worst, it still helps. Cause I could just get everything out and they have to respond. <laughs> like it's their job. So yeah. like, <laughs> no, like, that's a lot, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way of thinking about it. Um, is that it is just like, you can get out. I think, Therapy is a good, and I'm saying this as someone who has not gone to therapy, like it's on my list because I just started this podcast instead of dealing yeah. with my issues and going to therapy, yep. uh, but I will be doing that soon. Um, but it's, it is nice because you can, I think, kind of air your bad thoughts and like, they're not going to be judgmental. You can yeah. say things that maybe you shouldn't say or whatever, but like, yeah. it's their job to hear them and they're yeah. not going to take it personally. They're a neutral party. They don't know the other people involved. If you yeah. need to say something really awful, you can just get oh, yeah. it out. And I think, and I think I need great, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I would recommend, so it's such an uphill battle though, to get it right, because mm-hmm. you're meeting these people. It's only through text. You have a in- 10 minute introduction and then you start talking to them. And if it doesn't work, you have to do it all over again. And you okay. know, like I started screenshotting what I was saying, cause I thought I was going to have to do it again. And I was just going to send the screenshots <laughs> to the next person. Cause like I, this, I feel like now this guy knows me and if something mm-hmm. happens, like, this is going to sound so stupid, but I was like, what if I find out this guy's like a Trump supporter? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's I was, important. But I know. And I was like, fuck, I would have to start everything all over again. So I started screenshotting all the important things I was saying, just in case. But I mean, he, I, I don't think he is because. Kind of, Hope he doesn't listen to this um, podcast. No, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> he does not. He does not listen to this podcast. He's, he's heard all this. Other than that, like he's heard all this. Um. <laughs> But it just, yeah. And if I say something, he'll like, he'll know, he knows that like, there's something else that I need to say. Mm-hmm. So he'll ask like, oh, but do you feel like this towards that person? Like, yeah, but I can't say that. And he's like, yeah. well, you have to, like, that's why you're here. I'm like, perfect. Um, highly recommend it, but it's definitely not something when I say recommend it, like that's not something people can do. Like people in the middle of the country in the South. And if you don't have a good job, like you cannot afford this. Yeah. And that's the part that sucks is like, it's very expensive. And it might not work out. Yeah. And the but people that a lot of times can, the people that need it the most can't get it. Yeah. That's something like different subject that needs to be taken care of in this country in general with healthcare is mental health care because mm-hmm. I mean it has physical manifestations and you get sick because of depression and yeah. all of that. But yeah, I would recommend it and I would say like it's probably like a twenty percent chance it would help you. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's but that's, that's why not I think like I went in thinking it's like 10% and then it actually worked, but I wouldn't, it was a lot to get to mm-hmm. where I am now. And that was just the beginning. And I think it's just because like, I don't think it's anyone's fault. You're just doing something that doesn't feel comfortable. Like mm-hmm. you're going to a doctor and you don't have like a broken arm. 
and you don't know if it's all in your head. And that's part of, I mean, that's also part of a problem. It's like, you don't know if it's something that you should be going to a doctor about. Right. And if you're thinking of that, then yes, you should be going. Yeah. Yeah. There, um, besides the the pricing aspect, I think the reason why companies like Talkspace have been so successful is that you're also not taught how to find a therapist. And also this is going to sound really stupid, but I still like, don't understand how my health insurance works. (laughs) And I like, don't understand. I'm like, how do, do I have to get a referral? And like, do I just go to a, oh, I don't even have a doctor. So I guess I have to like seek out a doctor (laughs) to go to the doctor and be like, I think I'm depressed. Can you refer me to somebody? And then they refer. And it's just this whole process. I mean, I have no clue. Like when I go to the doctor now, I don't know if I owe anyone anything. No, like, I have no idea. I pay health insurance, but I don't know <laughs> if I owe you. I went to the hospital earlier this year for stomach issues mm-hmm. and I had to pay the entire bill. I was like, wait, oh, how does this work? And the like, health insurance company was talking to me and they're like, well, this happened because you were here and here and you went to this emergency room. I was like, uh, so I owe you money, right? I owe money. <laughs> That's why I'm they're like, well, you almost reached your deductible. Like, great. great. <laughs> I'm great. not going to be back in the hospital. So yep. I might as well go like break my arm. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's going to be free. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's so challenging. And I, it actually, I'm fortunate that my, my boss is pretty open about mental health stuff. And I came up in a one-on-one meeting with him that I was like, I think I may, even, may have even told him like, I think I might be depressed at one point. Yeah. Cause I was kind of spiraling <laughs> about a topic I was telling him. And he was like, our health insurance has like pretty good therapy coverage and I was just like yeah. I don't I don't know how it works like okay <laughs> can you I'll really take, write yeah, it out <laughs> yeah like who can I call to like walk me through who and so that's that's been a barrier for me too and you know the financial aspect of it not so much like yeah therapy is expensive but I also need to come to terms with the fact that like it is an investment oh, yeah. and if oh, yeah. I have the disposable income like it is one of the better things to spend it on and so Yep. It's not that I don't have the money. It's just like prioritizing it when I'm like, but I could buy, I don't know, but there's nothing fun to buy right now. I'm like, yeah. stuff. I don't need stuff. Yeah, stuff. I'm not spending money on experiences. So I should probably spend yeah. money on seeing a therapist. So I mean, stuff. it is such a huge leap to even try to find one. Um, mm-hmm. I also like if this, I think because of COVID and lockdown, it's like the one positive side of it, like with the whole Black Lives Matter movement and everything. It's like, we do talk about it at work now. Like we have guests mm-hmm. come in and talk about all of this stuff. And then they have referred people to like, oh, this person's a therapist. If you want to get in contact with them, you can use your private email or your work email, but oh, nice. here's our contact information. Um, and it's nice like I work at a huge company. So mm-hmm. the fact that they're doing that, it, it just felt good. I think it could definitely change people's lives. I mean, especially because I feel like I'm a burden sometimes to people. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot. I'm loud. And I say no, whatever's you? on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never no, talk to you. screenshots and I don't go on Facebook <laughs> to fight with people. <laughs> um, That's not me. Yeah. Yeah. But I get out like the negative side of me. And I feel like I can be like the happy person that I used to be before. I was like self-aware of depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. Um, so it's not like being fake. It's just like you're giving your negative to the therapist and it's their job to take it. And then you don't feel guilty about it because it's a profession and it's not a friend. I think you, you made a good point about like you can get rid of the negative, not get rid of the negative parts of yourself, but project those on someone else. And I feel like you mm-hmm. can better highlight the positive aspects because I do think people that are prone to depression 
do have these giant upsides as well. And mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, be like that meme. That's like all the, you know, happy celebrities that committed suicide. And it's like, yeah. this is what <laughs> depression looks like. Yeah. But I do think that's the case is like a lot of times people that are really good with people and are very mm-hmm. extroverted and are very, you know, these like happy go lucky, excited people are more prone to having these really, really lows too, right? You have oh, yeah. these extreme highs, you have these extreme lows mm-hmm. and it's this roller coaster. You're not very often in the middle. Cause that's how I feel yeah. too. It's <laughs> like the great parts of me are great. And the bad yeah. parts of me are bad. Oh, yeah. Like they yeah, are bad. I feel the exact same way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's also, that's something that I've been trying to like, well, before I was like hiding at work when I did have this super low lows, but then like, because I'm so loud that people started noticing it and they're like, Oh, what's wrong? It's like, and it was the wrong people that I didn't want to talk to. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to talk to you about this. So I'm yeah. going to be happy right now and just say that I stubbed my toe or something or like, yeah. I don't know, something normal, like my grandma died, but I've used that <laughs> excuse so many times. Like you can only my have grandma's so many died grandmas. so many times. Oh, I know. No. Like I have like 15 dead grandmas now. Oh. But I really only have two. Oh, two dead grandmas? <laughs> two dead grandmas. Sorry, I shouldn't have <laughs> It's okay. Based on your based on your reaction to talking about dead grandmas, I felt like I could ask, yeah. but death okay. happens. It's not death happens. I mean, yeah, as you learned, and in, as you learned in ninth grade. Die. Yep. Yeah. So you were talking about some things at work, and uh, I also want to jump into. Obviously, you've switched to working from home. I'm mm-hmm. assuming you live in San Francisco. It's not like you live somewhere where people just kept going to work. Um, but obviously a lot has been going on this year. So what are some of the triggers specifically tied to 2020 that have impacted your mental health? I think a huge one is, I mean, this is tied to the election. Everything's tied to politics now. Um, Mm -hmm. and also pissed me off. Like, I don't get political. Like it's livelihood. So you should get political. Like literally Trump Um, has come up in every podcast interview I've had. And like, I think (laughs) I only brought him up once and I've just like accepted the fact that like, yeah. If I'm going to talk about mental health, like it's going to keep coming up and oh, yeah. I will not pretend that I will not get political about stuff. Because yeah. I, I mean, he did a great that. job of like making the entire world about him. So, but like, I think a huge trigger as of late is like the false equivalency of Biden and Trump. At, like this is probably a little off topic, but like that makes me so mad. And it makes me think that like I'm in a fight by myself against like everything going on because like, let's face it, Biden is no one's favorite candidate. Like that he was literally like one of the lowest of my rankings of people I want to be president on the out of the dims. But like to equate him to say, like, oh, there's no right, there's no good option. Like, no, there there's a good option. One guy is like openly racist, mm. has caused almost a civil war in this country, has caused people's deaths, like people are dying because of a pandemic and he's not wearing a mask. So yeah, there is one good guy and one bad guy. There's not going to be a perfect guy. And trust me, now that he's won the election for the fifth time in two weeks, um, I'm going to criticize the hell out of him. Like, yeah, I will criticize Biden because he is not my favorite president, but I do think he's going to do a job that makes sense. And that's stable. I want him to be boring. <laughs> I think this country needs boring. I have, I've never been so eager for boring in my life. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what are we going to talk about? Like, <laughs> I know. Like, imagine just like going weeks without talking about. Yeah. The president, like I, I mean, used to, the president that was never top of mind prior to no. the last four years. Like, I mean, I loved Obama, but I yeah. wasn't talking about it. I mean, it was only like when you no. would do something cool yeah, that I would be yeah. like, oh, this like tan suit. Exactly. I almost yeah. said, yeah, or when he'd wear yeah. a tan suit. 
That was the only time yeah, he would I mean, come up. It was just out here talking about Obama. People are going to lose their personalities on both sides. <laughs> like, Absolutely. People are like, Trump 2020, it's like, now what do you say? Like, yeah. fraud? Like, I don't know. What do you believe in? But um, I'd say that's like a huge trigger for me is like not, it's not so much. I mean, like we grew up in Oklahoma. Like a large part of my family voted for Trump. A large part of my family is super backwards, which is just like highlighting that it could be anyone. Um, mm-hmm. It's also like some nuance that you get when you grew up in the Midwest or the South. And you move to like San Francisco, Portland, New York City, we have mm-hmm. such a huge advantage of knowing how people think. And I think that's something that you can't get if you grew up in a big city on the coast. Yeah. Because you're never going to move to Oklahoma. Right. Like you will never understand that. You don't have family that you might have a like a cousin that lives in Tulsa because everyone does apparently. <laughs> yep, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one thing that's weird. And um, my partner and I have both talked about this because he's from an even smaller town in Oklahoma than me. That's that's more conservative than Oklahoma City. Yeah is that living out here, everyone that we know here, like could not fathom a world where Trump might mm-hmm. be reelected. Yeah. And for both of us, we were like, I'm like 90% sure he's going to get reelected. Like, oh, yeah. I know the polls yeah. were saying otherwise, but I was like, it's going to happen. And we were just like, every day we'd watch the news and we'd just be like, yeah, I feel like it's coming. And then uh, this like yeah. little bubble here in Portland, mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh God, I can't, that's never going to happen. There's no way yeah. in hell. And I'm like, you guys don't know what's out there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen. I was very shocked mm-hmm. that, um, I mean, looking at Oklahoma, every county was red, like every single county. You know how many people like sent me single... that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All my roommates are like, no, like, yeah. I know. I told you, like, I understand what's going on. You do not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just saying that's like a huge trigger. Just like a whole, I mean, there's definitely been a lot of people that we grew up with where I'm like, wow, you are super, like, I hate saying this, but like, woke. Like, you're not someone who I would expect to come out of the woodwork and be, like, super upfront about these things, mm-hmm. fighting these battles. But, I just, like, there's a lot. I, Facebook is a trigger, period. Like, I can't yeah. go on there. And I do go on there more and more now um, just because I have the time or I'm just sitting in my room. And, like, the tweets and the performative arts, like, yeah, that's great. Like, you can rename a street, but... Can you pass oh, legislation? God. Like, congrats. Like Black Nancy Pelosi Avenue. with her like African. Oh god. <laughs> Someone said she looks like an African chess piece. Oh god. Yeah, that's a trigger. And then I think um I think a trigger also is just people in San Francisco not following the rules. Like, because we're supposed to be like we we mm-hmm. I think we have a lot, like we're ahead of the rest of the country, but just like me and my roommates talking about how stupid it is that people won't wear masks and like they're going to bars and then my roommate's going to bars mm, because yeah, the rules got lifted. They're like, well, the rules, I'm like, yeah, but I mean like rules don't like, mm-hmm. so <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, and I think this is going to sound weird too. A trigger is like, what's going to happen when this is all over? Like, I feel like because everyone's confined to be inside, I don't have to make plans anymore. So like when this is all over, like Friday after work, I'm going to have to have something to do because I love being busy. And I think like yeah, I, my job is not my dream job, but I love when it's super busy at work. I love that I have to work late nights sometimes. But like when I'm when there's that lull, it's there's too much overthinking going on. So a trigger is just like a change in the whole situation of anything going on. Like it mm-hmm. just happens to be COVID this time in lockdown. But anytime there's like a major change in my life, I feel like that's just a huge trigger. And there's really no reason for it because I was listening to your podcast with um, 
maybe someone named Elizabeth Lauren. Laura, yeah. And she was saying like, if something is, if you're motivated by fear, then that's not the decision you should make. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, like that's, if I, before I move, I'm like, oh shit, maybe I should move to Dallas. Maybe I should move home. Maybe I should go to a different school. I'm yeah. like, well, that's motivated by fear. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. But like, that's a trigger for me is I know I want to move. I'm not someone who will ever stay still. I'm not ever going to live in Oklahoma again, but it does scare me that that's like every time I make a different decision that I want to be making. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot, but <laughs> that's a, trying no, to think I think, of like the triggers that I have. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a bunch and yeah, yeah. I, I've mentioned, I think in, in interviews I've had before that like a big trigger for me is just like not as a result of COVID, not having anything to look forward to. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like the days just go by and go by and go by and yeah. there's nothing on my calendar. There's no events. And like, like miss me with your like zoom happy hour bullshit. I don't want to do it. It's not, it doesn't bring me joy. My eyes hurt from staring at a screen all day. I don't want to do it. It, it just is, it's tough. And like, (laughs) I liked my life pre COVID. Like I had so many good friends here in Portland. (laughs) And also what's scary is like, it's, this has triggered several of my friends to move. Yeah. All my (laughs) friends have left San Francisco. It's like, if they're working from home, Yep. And we don't get to enjoy like why we live in this city. Why would you pay that much? Like mm-hmm. I will never, I'm not moving anytime soon, but it makes so much sense to leave the coast. Like why not go home to wherever you're from for six live months? Like, live like a king. Yeah. In some and, town that's not on the coast. Yeah. yeah. It's like, shit, what happens after this? Like what yeah. happens? Uh, yeah. I'm, the, I'm, like, the same. I'm always I've... down to make new friends, but like are people down to make new friends? Like <laughs> 29 exactly. to 30? Exactly. Like, yeah, well that, and like in a, in this current world, it's so hard to make new friends. And I don't know what's going to, like, I met friends at like group workout classes. I'm like, is that, is that world going to exist after this? Yeah. How do I, or like, I went, I would go to actually met like one of my best friends in Portland. She doesn't live here anymore, but Mm -hmm. we met at like a girls meetup to make friends. Basically it was just like (laughs) people, people that had moved to Portland and like, didn't know anybody. So we just met at a bar and like literally everyone else, the group was weird, like except her. And yeah. she yeah. was amazing and we clicked instantly and it's yeah. great. But I'm like that like group bar activity. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. I know. And so with several of my friends leaving, I'm just like, do I just skip this like part of my life? And now I'm old and I just like have to hang yeah. out with my partner all the time. I mean, I like him, but like, yeah. I don't want to see him every day. <laughs> like no, no. <laughs> we need our separate. <laughs> and for him, it's like, he plays a ton of group sports. Yeah. So that's his like number one activity. I mean, outside yeah. of working, he like plays volleyball. He plays like competitive volleyball. He's on a bowling league. He's been on a softball yeah. league. He's on like yeah. all the sports. And he's like, well, now I don't have any of that to do. Yeah, I know. I'm on a bowling team too. And I, I oh, really? it, it's not a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I started, I was like, this is stupid. I'm like, wait, I'm getting pretty good. This is it's fun. fun. It's so fun. I love it. And it's like, it's a Tuesday night thing. It's called mm-hmm. 10 pin Tuesdays. And we'd go every Tuesday. We'd drink. We got a huge cooler. Um, and the bowling alley here is like a southern midwestern bowling alley, like dirty, oh, nice. gross. Yeah, the same the type best. of person works there. I'm like, wow, this is in San Francisco. And it's like the nicest part of San Francisco, mm-hmm. um, but it's like stuck in time, and it's, <laughs> That's it's perfect. Um, but like two of the guys on my team moved. Um, the other guy's my roommate, so it's not like I see yeah. him all the time. Anyways. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, I think we need to see new teams. Um, Okay. So yeah. I want to, I want to talk some more about, um, some 2020 things. Uh, so, you know, we've talked a lot of political things. Uh, did you have like a realization this year or not even this year, but at some point in your life that you can remember when you realized that a lot of the people you grew up with 
didn't care to be informed or interested in movements that also impact you personally. Like you're a black man, like these yeah. things impact you. Yeah. And when I think about, and you've definitely seen it, it's all over the place where it's a, like, not everyone that voted for Trump is racist, but they all agreed that racism wasn't a deal breaker for them. Yeah. And, you know, I want to acknowledge like that also affects you differently than it affects me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so did you have like maybe some moments well, this year that you can remember thinking that? Yeah, or well, also prior to that, Yeah. But like, even on that note, it's like, well, then like you are racist, right? Like, <laughs> they, like it's not like everyone is ignorant on something and racism mm -hmm. is a form of ignorance. So like you have to, like we all have biases and your bias could be that you're racist and you need to go deep down and figure out why and you need to unravel that and you need to have that like at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Because like if you're willing to vote for that and like this might sound like super coastal elitist, but like you, you are like, mm -hmm. I don't know how to put it. And like I have family members and like you are and I think you, they need to start looking at it in a way that it's not negative for them, that it's like, I'm ignorant. I mean, it is negative, but just like, I don't know, with like issues with women, like I don't know all the details there. So like, I'm not as informed as a woman, obviously. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I need to always have at the forefront. Like when we talk about stuff at work, I can be way more outspoken and way more just like, oh, it's just Jason. He's funny. But like, like I was talking to one of my coworkers yeah. and she was like, I, I could never do that. Like they would not treat me the same. I'm like, I was like, oh yeah, this just comes second nature to me. But like, that makes so much sense. So if you're not willing to look into something, like I would say that is a form of ignorance and that is racism is a form of ignorance. Yeah. Um, and we've definitely had a lot of, a lot of uncomfortable conversations in like my household this year, because like, I think, you know, we didn't grow up in like a 95% white area right like I mean we grew up with yeah. some diversity like I didn't yeah. and it was actually weird Air Force Base helped a lot too right and um my partner like he played college football and most of his team was black and so it was weird for both of us moving to Portland we didn't realize until we moved here that Portland was so white right oh, yeah. it just like <laughs> yeah. I guess everyone knows that but yeah. we just <laughs> yeah. didn't realize it and then we moved here and we also moved to the first neighborhood that we lived in in Portland is like the whitest of all the neighborhoods. <laughs> and I think like one day one of us said, I don't think I've seen a black person in like three weeks. Like it yeah. was crazy. It was crazy. And yeah. we both had a tendency to be like, well, we're not like these people from Portland because yeah. like we, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, no. And then we would have these conversations and we'd be like, oh shit, I've been doing or thinking this thing my whole life. Mm -hmm. And that is a, that is a racist bias that I have. And I just like, haven't yeah. really had to say it out loud. And then now we're having these uncomfortable conversations and at least there's, you know, I, I wouldn't be with someone that didn't at least want to learn and like have these yeah, conversations. Like the dialogue. Where, exactly. Like if he would say yeah. something, I'd be like, well, actually, like, I know you mean that as a joke, but like, that's not, and we would talk about it. Yeah. Like, I think just that, that. Yeah. Just like the resistance to having that dialogue is like when mm -hmm. you, you cross the realm into like willful ignorance and that's just something yeah. we don't have time for. Yeah. I mean, that's why like this year you're talking about like some things that happen. I, I'm super close with a few buddies that I worked with at when I was in Minnesota mm -hmm. and we just, we weren't like super close to him, but now we're getting closer. He's a black guy. So we've been talking about everything going on. And most of our friends in Minnesota were white. And he was like, isn't it like, he was like, are you keeping talented people not speaking out right now? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like in yeah. my head, I am like, I know who hasn't been speaking out. I know who hasn't been saying anything, but they're like, just going on with life is normal. And that, that to me is worse than someone I can argue with. 
Like yeah. I, I said this back like a few years ago that it's also pretty stupid. I would rather argue with someone who is like openly racist than someone who lives in a very liberal town that doesn't believe things exist. <laughs> Cause yeah, like they worse. just don't believe it. Like, like exactly. Like they don't believe that like Trump could win. Like, but they, he, you don't know what goes on in mm. like most of the country in the middle of the country in the South. Um, but yeah, I definitely like was thinking like, who's not saying stuff and who's saying stuff that is super easy. Like, I'm trying not to give people a pass um, because well, like bl- what are you like, saying? Like a, do you mean like a black square isn't good or something? Is that- <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I posted that and I was like, this is so stupid. I'm going to delete it. Like, yeah. I don't think that's like a negative mark, but just, right. like, it's so silly. It's such a, it's a pass. That's, that's a way for someone who is racist to like, oh no, like the ones Look, that don't found out. Yeah, yeah. Like, Ooh, I did it. Like it's uh-huh. check done. It's like, no, you, you didn't. Like some people yeah. that I followed from like TV shows, they did it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if, you, I don't know if you care. Like, I, I went down like a really scary and I, I shared this on my Instagram story too. I went down this really scary rabbit hole of this like anti-masker mommy blogger, like <laughs> microchasm of Instagram. Yeah. And there was this woman who I somehow came across like a reel she had posted and it was like her basically preaching her anti-mask bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then I just like went down her feed and I like couldn't stop scrolling. Right. I was like, hate scrolling, which is a very bad habit that I do. Oh yeah. But I got to like a photo of her on the beach with like a keep America great hat on mm. with like her kid. And I was like, okay. And it's funny. Cause the kid was like, the baby was like screaming and like looked really mad in the photo. And I was like, do you not see the irony here? Um, yeah. But then I kept scrolling and I got to a black square where she talked mm-hmm. about I'm learning, I'm listening. And I was like, what? And then like all the yeah. comments were just people being like, oh my gosh, me too. Like, I'm so proud of you for speaking out. And I was just like, yeah. this isn't it. And then like weeks later, it was back on the same, yeah. the same bullshit. Yeah. I mean, that's also, I, in the height of it, when everyone was like talking about it, I was a little worried. I was like, this is going to be a, like a quick movement and it's going to be mm-hmm. done. Um, yeah. Did you but- have, I'm curious, did you have anyone like reach out to you directly about yes. things because I, I imagine there was like it, I, I assume it gets tiring and I know like Jamie and I even had that conversation where we're like let's like not just like reach out to like our black yeah. friends and be because it yeah. just didn't feel productive I, I guess but I was curious if that happened to you and if that oh, was yeah, viewed as lot. positive or like so I mean I appreciate it like okay. so much it's like okay at least like you're trying and if this is like it's going to be a difficult conversation and like you're willing to reach out to me and mm-hmm. even some people I haven't talked to in a while and they, some of them were just like, Oh, how are you doing? Or I, I mean, I appreciate the ones like, Oh, I'm doing this and this. I'm like, okay, I, I could be your springboard too. That's fine. But also like it was very appreciated, very tiring, very tiring. It's like, I can't have this conversation now. And I think that's also another part that people like missed in this whole conversation. It's like, black people really aren't the ones that need to be having the conversation. Yeah. Like you should be talking to your mom about this. Not yeah. me. Like I'm no, not I gonna, got, I, it's not up to me to educate you. Yeah. I got, I get very frustrated. There's actually someone that again, we went to high school with who I see on Instagram sharing, um, you know, very progressive things. And then her mom, I'm friends with her mom on Facebook and her mom is just sharing all this, like super pro Trump, anti-black lives matter stuff yeah. you know in a passive way right she's like i'm not racist but like here's yeah, some here's some <laughs> racist things and yeah. i have like i i've tried to pick fights with her so many times because like it's easy when the path is they're sharing something that's factually incorrect 
I always Mm -hmm. want to come in with like, oh, here's why this is incorrect. And here's some counter information, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And she hasn't taken the bait once. And I'm like, just take the bait. I want to have the conversation with you if you won't ever have it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just funny, like seeing, I know her daughter who's our age, like is preaching these things on social media, but it's like, you're obviously not having this conversation with your mother. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the part where it's like, you're, you're missing the whole point of this. Mm-hmm. Like black people know <laughs> that this is a problem <laughs> and it's also not on, like, it's not on black people to teach you. Mm-hmm. You're like, like you, I mean, historically white people have the power. So you have the power, check yourself. Like yeah. anytime where you're in a position that you have the power, like you're a man, you're white, you're straight, you're Christian, you were born here. Like you have the power, so you have to check it and you don't get to, like, I feel like a lot of people are just waiting for the pat on the back for saying like, how are right. you? It's definitely been like super taxing, not only because of the stuff going on, but like the reactions to it. It, mm-hmm. It's like, like on Martin Luther King Day when like Fox News is like, oh, like here's a quote from Martin Luther King. It's like that happened in the 60s and nothing, got, I mean, things got better, but like, did things really get better? Like, no. So this is happening, but like now we have streets called Black Lives Matter that isn't going to do anything. Like Trump literally shot people with rubber bullets to get them out of the way on that same street and nothing happened because of it. He got 72 million votes after doing that, (laughs) after we all post our black square. So like, it's almost like too good to be true. Like there's hesitation to be like super happy about it because in 2050, they're going to be talking about this and like, they're going to. I don't know. And I also like got really mad. This triggered me a lot. So my mom's friends like, yeah, we just need Martin Luther King to be alive today. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. so many Martin Luther Kings. There are mm-hmm. so many people. They're getting shot. They're you're not listening to them. Right. Also, they're getting shot. Back, yeah. Just like yeah, he did. <laughs> like, yeah, they're dead. <laughs> and that's why he's not here because he got shot. But like if you were living then, you wouldn't be, you'd be calling him like a terrorist. Like you wouldn't mm-hmm. be appreciating him. And there are so many people doing way more. There are younger people doing way more than what he ever did like still great great that he did everything but there are so many more people risking everything like the big um protest here were was um created by two 16 year old high school kids from oakland i know like this is a different (laughs) world on this side because that's like more normal but like they were in front of a police station burning an american flag and like if you told me that when I was 18, I'm like, oh my God, what? How Why dare you they do that? Right? Yeah. How and now, dare you, and now they? you go like, it's just, I don't, I don't care about the flag. Flag means like, nothing. Yeah. Oh, symbolism. That's yeah. Great. yeah. I like, mean, obviously I live in Portland, home of the protests, right? We were yeah. like, oh, there's yeah. so <laughs> many, I mean, Portland got brought up in every single debate. Um, it got brought up. It was like photos and video clips from protests here were used in so many like conservative yeah. ads because we were just burning the city down. Yeah. That sort of thing. Country you want to live in? Oh my God. Fine. I live so close to actually there's a, um, like the North Portland police station was where a lot of the protests were happening. And it's like three quarters of a mile from my house. Like I could hear it from my house, but like, I never Mm -hmm. want the only time I felt unsafe here was when there were cops and federal officers driving around and kidnapping yeah. people. That's what, that's the only yeah. time I was worried. I never was worried for a minute about any of these protesters doing anything yeah. to me or anyone else in the community. <laughs> they're not out to like, they're not out to hurt anybody. They're just out to make a point. And it's really yeah. funny because there's um, a donut shop right across the street from the <laughs> um, police bureau. Right. 
writes and itself. it's like yeah I know right and it's like it's one of my favorite donut shops in the city and I remember I had like a split second where I was like oh, that poor donut shop they're probably like hurting for business because all these protesters and that was like I feel like that was not a good thought that I had and then I read that the donut shop was like oh we love the protesters they buy so many donuts like we love, <laughs> we love them they're, our business has been booming. And I was like, okay, okay, good, good. They're not like, you know, getting their windows broken or something. Like they were just like, no, no, we, protests are good. We're, we're cool with them. Yeah. I, I'm curious, like living in, uh, obviously a very progressive city like San Francisco, do you experience like microaggressions pretty regularly that come from people that I'm sh- that you think are probably pretty progressive and like don't realize they're doing what they're doing? Yeah, I think it's actually worse because they think that they don't have the biases because they yeah because they have the flag because they have the post because their intentions are not wrong like they are mm-hmm. I think they are generally good people but they have to realize like you always have a bias. like I wouldn't I'm not sexist but I do have biases against women because I am not a woman like I have yeah. to keep bringing those to the forefront when situations happen because I am not that so if you are not something you will always have a bias against it you just have to make that like front and center and it'll, it'll be like in the office, like when I was in the office and I'll say something like, oh, I don't have uh, any black friends in the city because I don't. And then when my coworkers are like, well, you're not really black. And I'm thinking like, yeah. oh my God, that's, that is so annoying. I'm sorry. Like they're like, you went to Georgetown. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sorry that like, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> we're stupid and I made it out and God's right. good. Like that is, that is so bad and mm-hmm. so annoying. And then I have to add, like, it's not something I can argue with because it's not, they're not like a Trumper. They're not wearing a red hat, but it's, mm-hmm. it's like, ha yeah, you're right. Or like whatever. And just like, let it pass because I don't think people in these cities are ready for those conversations. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had kind of an uncomfortable work conversation where, um, we had like a, we have this like weekly get to know your team question and answer thing. And, uh, a coworker of mine kind of misinterpreted the question and like took it upon herself to, expose something about the way she believes that I was like, whoa, you openly decided to tell people this. And it was about code switching. She's a white woman. And she was basically saying that like white people in Portland get offended whenever she doesn't talk like a white person. And she's like, well, it's because I grew up around black people. So when I'm around people of color, I talk like them. And I was like, whoa, okay. Do you not see the... And like, it went out for the whole, and like, I work for a small company, right? Yeah. It went out for the whole company to see. And I was just like, kind of waiting. And like, people reached out to me that were like, whoa, did you see this thing? And I was like, yeah. And so I I mean, I brought it up to my bosses. I was like, the owners of the company, I brought it up and I was like, hey, this is not okay. Yeah. And we claim to be like, I mean, we're part of like a diversity initiative in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, this does not align with like what I think I said, I said, if I took a screenshot of this and put this on Twitter, we'd get blasted for it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And I said, if, if an employee is saying something that you're worried about that with and you need to address it. And I was like, I think it should yeah. be addressed privately. And I think it should be addressed publically. And yeah. I, I oh, yeah. like, I really push for it. And it's like, I work for a company. We have no, there's 12 or 13 of us. We have no black employees. Oh. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> yeah. It's a I, tiny... like, I knew you said small, but like, no, wow. like small. And so yeah. I was like, if I complain, like the person who said the thing is like probably going to assume it's me that complained about it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, it was very uncomfortable. And it did, I don't think it went over well with that person. Um, yeah. 
which is like disappointing. But I also was like, at least I said something and I didn't think they would receive it well. But I think that's something too, is like when someone says something to you, like internalize it first before just like pushing it away instantly. Mm -hmm. Cause then like, you're never going to change. Um, yeah, that's also a, where they, like being in the office and being black is it's annoying because like you can't be openly like black lives matter. Like I can't mm -hmm. post the way like one of my white coworkers would post because then it would make me, it's like a woman can't be as mad as a man because then she's crazy. But like, right. I can't be as like vocal about black lives matter as like my white counterparts. Cause they get celebrated for it as they should for like part of it. Um, but like, I just, it's almost like either standard or like, Oh wait, now I feel weird around Jason because I'm white. Uh -huh. and I can't be because he's like super down or whatever. Yeah. Like, and I guess it, also this weird like guilt thing, I think is pretty common and yeah. especially in like pretty liberal areas. I think it also, people are like, I'm doing the right thing, but I feel guilty for, I don't know. It's, it's something that I have tried to figure out yeah. and I'm, I'm probably guilty of it as well, but it's something that I, I see and it makes me really uncomfortable and I'm like, I don't like this, yeah. but I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, hopefully all this stuff is starting conversations um, that are uncomfortable and things will change because it's crazy. But I, I did, um, I was going to mention, I have the best coping mechanism that I learned from Ed Helms, <laughs> um, which is surprising because- Learned from Ed are, Helms, is that what you just said? Is it Ed Helms? No, not Ed Helms. Um, I was like the Bill guy Hader. from- Yeah, Bill Hader. Okay, uh, I, was, I mean, that uh, yeah. is, if there's two people to get confused, that's very fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, it's not Ed Helms. Um, and he said, like, his best coping mechanism is to say, like, you're never going to not have your mental disability or illness. So you have to treat it like it's something that's with you, but that's not attached to you. So he said, like, he has a little creature, like, in his pocket around mm -hmm. his shoulder. So when he's like, okay, we're getting on the bus. And then when he goes into an interview or on stage or, like, shooting for a movie, he's like, okay, now it's my turn to talk. We'll talk after this. And, like, really making oh, it, like, this one little thing that's with him. And mm -hmm. not just like trying to hide it all through his body. Um, so just wanted to mention that's like the best coping mechanism. Yeah, that, no, that's great. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Um, it was like some random speech he gave to kids um, about anxiety and depression. But mm -hmm. I thought it was enlightening coming from him because he's obviously like 40 plus and they don't talk about stuff like that. Yeah. But. Well, since you mentioned Bill Hader, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your budding acting career since I've seen that you're getting into that. I thought that was really yep. cool to see. Um, so what sparked that? I mean, obviously you work um, in corporate. I'm sure you have a great job. Um, what yeah. made you like want to try that? a dumb decision to try to get out of <laughs> a steady paycheck. Um, I mean, I've always, this is, I think this is something like growing up being like high functioning in a, like a society, a school that doesn't you just have to get a seer above and like the well-oiled machine, like they only look at the squeaky wheel. So like you don't mm -hmm. get any type of, they don't try to push you. They don't try to like uncover some of your weaknesses because you're passing or you're excelling and they think you've already had it. But like, but I was like, oh, I should probably do this. Like go to a good school, major in finance, maybe work at an investment bank or like some corporate job, make a lot of money because it just makes sense. It's what I'm doing. But I've never like I've always wanted to be an actor. Like I think a lot of kids do, but like that's that's one of the things I wanted to do. Like I think I wrote a paper in kindergarten where they're like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And I was like, "Either an actor or selling 
t-shirts at a beach in Hawaii. And then my teacher's like, no, you can't do that. I was like, well, I guess president. Then. You can't do either of those <laughs> things. Like, yeah. She's like, no, no, write about something else. I was like, oh, I guess the president then. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, actually, it's less likely that I'll be the president because I'm like a young black kid. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not I've, got, I've got a better chance. <laughs> yeah. Let's be serious. <laughs> and I've always just wanted, I've like taken some classes online, but you know, like being stuck in like my corporate ways and like yeah. going to bowling just and nights working out, like it never fit in. So I'd say like, finally, when COVID happens, the one positive is like, I'm at home, I'm going to force myself to like, catch up to these people who maybe are starting at the same time, because they could be either they have wealthy parents or something, but they're like mm -hmm. going to auditions all day, Monday through Friday. Now I can do that. I can take classes. And I can just go to every single audition that they offer because most of the time they're online. So you get like 10 minutes, maybe no, not even 10 minutes, like very, very short time to audition for roles that, I mean, I paid for a site that sends you auditions because you yeah. have to start somewhere. Um, I just started to like do more and more of it. I went to a few auditions to see like if it even made sense to keep going. Um, and then I got asked back to do a small role in a movie. And once I did that, I was like, yep, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to do when I was like five years old. This is it. Um, and then I, I mean, looking back, I made movies with my brother all the time, but that's not something that like growing up when you're like, I mean, you're a valedictorian too. It's like you, you're told that you're going to be successful. Like you're going to like right. start a business. You're going to do something like make a lot of money, but they never like really, like you, I wouldn't say, like, oh, I'm actually going to like do stand up comedy. That would never be a thing growing yeah. up because I would even like as pretentious as I was like growing up, I'm like, I have to go to a good school. I'm like, I got to leave Oklahoma. Like I would yeah. laugh at that, even though like deep down, like that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I look at people that are like enjoying their lives right now that like went to the art Institute for things. I'm like, wow, that you like did what you wanted to do. You I really, know, like, yeah, you really followed your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah. I no, that. I mean, um, I think it's, I, I think I like what you said about like, obviously one bright spot of like being home so much from COVID. Cause that's how I feel about like deciding to start this podcast. It's been something that for, I mean, I guess the last, like at least two years I've thought like, wow, I'm so good at talking. I should like find a job that like, is, yeah. <laughs> like supports that talent, I guess. I don't know if you want to yeah. call it talent, but ability that I have. Talent. And finally with all this spare time, I was just like, okay, I literally have no excuse for like, yeah at least trying it. And that's not to say I'm going to like become a professional podcaster or whatever that even means, yeah. but at least like okay. I have some, I have some creative outlet that I'm working on. You get yeah. like, and I think probably same with you in auditions, you're getting these like little quick wins and it feels like you're learning mm -hmm. something again. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is like, I've never felt like I had to, I mean, I got a rude awakening when I went to college because how easy it was for like to be halfway smart mm -hmm. and uh, pretty bad education system yeah and this is the first time where it's like i've been checking like wow this is causing me so much anxiety because i like i have to record a lot of auditions and send it and i'm literally recording it and i'm not getting it right I'm like fuck like this is i've done it yeah. twice and then i think I'm like i'm sure people do this like 50 times like for one thing and i'm like oh, if i didn't get it right the first time i've never been challenged so i gotta quit and do something else that i'm good at like <laughs> and it's so easy to just be like Shit, i'm not as good as like the best person so i have mm -hmm. to stop Cause I will not look at like someone that's on my level. I'll obviously look at like Ryan Gosling in a movie. I'm like, wait, yeah. how did he do that? And I cannot rep, like it's literally someone that's making facial expressions and inflections of voice. I can't 
do that. Like does not compute for me. Yeah. So I have to quit. Yeah. I mean, I'm like 100% guilty of that too. Like the very first podcast interview I did, I like came downstairs. I looked at my partner. I was like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm so bad at this. And he's like, you've literally never done this before in your yeah. life. Like how, what do you yeah. mean? Then I, and then like the second and third one, like I could feel it picking up a little bit. And then I had another bad one. And then I was like, oh, yeah. maybe. And then again, I've been doing this all of like a month, a little over a month. Yeah. I'm not going to be a professional, but like you said, I look at professional podcasters, like again, yeah. like not to keep talking about Rob Lowe, but like a celebrity with all the means yeah. in the world. And I'm like, why can't I just be like that? Like, why doesn't a celebrity want to come on my podcast? Like, yeah. I'm nobody. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, but it, it does feel good to like learn. And it, it's also very humbling to fail. Cause oh, I yeah. think if you're like a, a competent person and you find a good job that you can like do the day-to-day work in, and you know, mm-hmm. you might not be like a star employee, but yeah. you're probably not out here like failing at your job every day. Right. Yeah. I mean, you might like exactly. screw up from time to time, but you don't have these like humbling failures, but when you're t- yeah. starting something new as an adult, oh yeah, it's failing. It's been a huge <laughs> slap in the face, and it's mm-hmm. like, crap. I really want to do this, and that's like, um, it's like I want to be motivated by something I want to do. I don't want to stop doing it because I'm scared, and that's yeah. what it is right now. It's like I'll go through like the day to days where sometimes like, oh, I can do this, like that was great, or I can't do this, that was horrible, and I think that's part of like the waning mental illness coming and going. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is just like learning to say like, you are not good and you have to get, like, you have to practice. Like there are people that are naturals. You're not a natural at this and that's mm-hmm. okay. Cause there are tons of people that aren't naturals that were successful. So it's like continuing to audition and very like, I went to do a yoga commercial two weeks ago. Um, they picked me. I told him I had no yoga experience, but I, I thought you, times. I didn't know if you said yoga or yogurt. And I was just yeah, like, yeah. I was, I mean, like, yoga I was really intrigued by either. Yeah. Yogurt but. would make more sense. Um, cause I've eaten yogurt before. I've never done <laughs> yoga. Um, and I went and did the, I like went out there and it was like, so at first I was like, Oh my God, like, I feel like I've practiced and now I'm just looking at the camera. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> and then we did one take. I was like, that was horrible. And the guy was like, yeah, just, just don't look at the camera, just do it. And mm-hmm. so I did it. And I was like, also not good at yoga. So we're doing stuff, <laughs> but it's like, no, like this is your girlfriend walking you through a forest and she's teaching you how to do yoga. I was like, okay. So then what a plot line that commercial sounds fascinating yeah (laughs) we're not talking and i think it's all slow-mo it's gonna be um i don't know how it's gonna turn out we'll see in a few weeks yeah Um, i'm super excited about that um and yeah that is like one of the little wins that like helps because i think like being successful early on is also a mental illness in itself like you always will not you'll give up on everything you do because you have to be perfect at it and mm-hmm. I think like that also therapy has helped a lot too. Cause I even brought it up to um, my therapist about like, Oh, this is what I'm doing, but like, maybe I shouldn't do it. And I was like, wait, you literally were talking to me about this for 30 <laughs> minutes. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, just do it. Like, okay. You just got to do it because I mean, I have a great job. I love my coworkers. I get paid enough. I can do anything I really want to do financially. Um, but like, it's not what I want to do. Like, I don't want to be, in this position six years from now like middle management or like right. 20 years from now like middle management um just because it's like not for me it's not creative and doing something creative when you've always been like high functioning intellectually not like yeah it feels really like, weird exceeding. yeah it feels very weird it, it feels weird not being um great at something mm-hmm. that sounds so like bad 
Yeah, I guess um, I want to wrap up by asking if you have anything from either your, you know, short time so far in therapy uh, or anything else you've learned along the way. Do you have any either coping mechanism or something that you tell yourself that you would want to pass on to somebody else listening? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is it, it might sound bad at first, but like, it's not like you will not get rid of it. Like you will not get rid of your anxiety, your depression. Part of it is normal. Like everyone has it, but also like the part, maybe you have it worse. Maybe you're clinically depressed. You learn to like put it aside, like use it and put it aside and live with it. And that sounds difficult at first, but you're going to have a very miserable life. if You keep trying to fight it and like get rid of it or hide it, put it away. But like, you have to invest in you have to invest in knowing that it's going to be there and then invest in looking at for professionals to help you. Mm-hmm. Now that's it. It's, it's a professional side of it. I take it all back. You have to like listen <laughs> to a professional people study this. Yeah. People go to school for this. People have studied medicine. They study therapy, listen to a professional. It will help you so much more than Googling so much more than self-medicating, doing whatever you need to do. Talking to your friends is healthy, but also sometimes it's not because they could be giving you advice that's baseless. So, listen to a professional invest in yourself because like i mean worse comes to worse like your mental health is the most important thing yeah that could that you can invest in so listen um, to professionals why did you have to attack me like that after i just said i had <laughs> <therapy>? <laughs> yeah listen to professional go <laughs> to the doctor don't start a podcast go to yeah. the doctor <laughs> yeah no, no. It's like, oh, how did you get so funny? Oh, trauma. Yeah, trauma. trauma. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, um, to wrap things up, uh, maybe people want to follow you on Instagram to get s- some more of this entertainment. Uh, where can the people find you? Um, my Instagram handle is at Jason is Jaws. Awesome. Um, big shark guy. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I always wondered. I, I mean, I guess I assumed it was shark related, but yeah. <laughs> sharks are kind of like a subculture. People that are into sharks are really into sharks. Like I'm dinosaurs. On shark TikTok. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Accountant TikTok, shark TikTok. Yeah, got a niche weird. for everybody. All right. Yep. Well, thank you so much um, for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm glad we got to cover so many topics. Um, I'm great. glad our first time talking in almost 10 years and in person, <laughs> yeah. semi-person over the over the phone was uh was so great. Um yeah. so, the most so deep thing you could talk about. <laughs> I know, yeah. We're like, hey, I haven't talked to you in 10 years, but do you want yeah. to talk about your depression? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just unveil everything. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. And talk soon. Bye.